0: Welcome to, with that being said, a Roo Fitness podcast where we get fit while having fun. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Rue underscore and on Facebook at Roo Fitness. Also, give us a like, hit that subscribe button, share it with your friends, and give us a five-star rating and review. Only kind words. Lights are on now. Good. Help you you want to ask me again? How's my day going? How's your day going so far? Got a haircut. Got a massage from Jamie.
1: Ooh, fancy Coach day.
0: Three classes. Gonna go to Costco later. Good day. <sighs> yeah, good day.
1: All right. You want to ask me how my day has gone? How's
0: your day going? <laughs> I mean, you have a good hair day.
1: I do. Everybody commented on my hair. It's amazing what happens when I actually do my hair.
0: Can, um, Everybody is
1: very impressed.
0: Can anybody give us a thumbs up here, <laughs> if you can hear us? <laughs> New rule of the stack coaching: someone, if you're the first person to comment, uh, we should give something away. You get a free fit aid from me if you're the first person to comment. <laughs> we'll if you are not you. here, I will <laughs> mail you a fit aid. So, who's it gonna be? Oh, who's gonna fun, be the first right? person to comment on to see if they can hear us and they get a free fit aid?
1: I feel like we need to do a drum roll, but I might be drum rolling for a while. Okay. All right. So what are we here to talk about today? Bradley.
0: Good foods versus bad foods.
1: Yep. And spoiler alert. (laughs) There are none.
0: (laughs) There are no bad foods. (laughs) There
1: are no bad foods. Yeah. So if you've been part of Stacked for a while or if you have checked out a lot of the videos in the portal, you may have realized that we Encourage people to view foods on a spectrum rather than viewing foods as good versus bad. And I want to talk about this because I feel like you and I are highly qualified to talk about this because it used to not be our view. Because
0: we used to be (laughs) like... uh Following strict religious dogma on yes. foods, yeah.
1: Yeah. So uh, I think back. I mean, we've been helping people in terms of their nutrition for the past eight years, and our kind of introduction into nutrition before we were like qualified to actually help people or <laughs> certified with right. in anything. We help
0: people. We helped people. We weren't necessarily qualified, but.
1: The way that we did it was through dogma, the paleo diet, which I mean, was the first dietary protocol that I learned about that made sense to me. It's like, oh, just eat foods that occur in nature. That makes sense. That seems like it's healthy. And so were the
0: people who started that diet scientists, uh,
1: some of them, I mean, okay, so I really view my my thoughts on nutrition as agnostic. I can see the benefits and the cons to a lot of different diets. Uh, I can see paleo, I can see intermittent fasting, I can see keto, like I understand how people are successful with all of those, and we can talk about that. Yeah, I talked about
0: on my pick yesterday, if you you didn't read the words because you were looking at my abs, that's okay. (laughs) But if you did read the words, oh I <laughs> I was talking He's about talking
1: specifically about his Instagram. Story. I was ta-
0: yeah, I was talking about how I was you know low carb for so long and paleo this and high fat that or keto, and there's no right diet. Yeah, there's no s- good way of eating. It's the way that works best for you and your body. So
1: the right diet is the one that you can stick to. Yes, <laughs> uh, and yeah but i want people to understand what goes into weight loss because i think that if you're paying attention to headlines if you are paying attention to clickbait clickbait instagram influencers what your mom says whatever people are confused about what is healthy and what is not because they think sugar makes you gain weight, or they think carbs make you gain weight, or they think that fat makes you gain weight. And the answer to all of that is, none of those things make you gain weight. What makes you gain weight is being in a caloric surplus period. Correct. (laughs) Uh, And I think that a lot of people don't realize that. So that's kind of what we're here to talk about today and to debunk the myths. Uh, and s- thinking back to our hardcore paleo days when we were running paleo challenges, we gave people a list of foods that was eat this, not that. And it was very, specific. There were all sorts of conversations about compliant versus not compliant. I remember specifically telling people you cannot have vanilla extract because it is dissolved in grain alcohol And grain alcohol is quote unquote bad for you because grains are quote unquote bad for you and cause leaky gut syndrome and cause insulin resistance. And that is what's making you fat. So do not eat that vanilla extract. We
0: were young and dumb. And
1: I am here to tell you that my mentors are no longer people who like random people that write books or, instagram influencers my mentor now is a biochemist
0: (laughs) yeah if the person who is telling you how to be a good mom or you know how you need to shop for this is also telling you how to eat you're listening to the wrong place yeah you know
1: and i think that it is they're trying
0: to sell you a book
1: yeah yeah i remember it could
0: be a food person but if they're trying to like so there's a reason they're trying to sell you this something marks. I, look, I love Mark Sisson. I have met Mark Sisson. I have hung out with Mark Sisson for a full weekend. He is a really good dude and he has a lot of good things to say. He also was hardcore paleo for the longest time. I consider him one of the paleo godfathers now, and what now he? he's Keto. Mr. Keto he's on the everything Keto trade. because it's another book.
1: Yeah, because that's the thing that people are searching on Google and that is something that he can put in his books to sell them because that's what the new hot trendy thing is calories and being in a caloric deficit is not sexy (laughs) it doesn't sell books right Uh, so okay so why can I
0: say why did people lose weight on things like the paleo challenge and the whole 30 yeah why
1: people lost weight like nine times out of ten when I gave them this list of foods eat this don't eat that they lost weight. Here's why. Because when you took out the option to have processed foods, now you are sticking to foods with volume, foods that are not hyper palatable that you can just like eat a lot of, right? Unprocessed foods are notoriously, you know, you can eat a lot of them without even thinking about it, right? And they're Highly higher processed, in, they're, they're higher in calories, highly general. processed foods. Highly processed foods yeah. Right. Um, and so when you take that away, people are like, oh, I'm just eating till I'm full and I'm getting full a lot faster because of that volume effect.
0: Right? Yeah. I mean, the other thing is if this is my diet, now I'm struggling to find something to eat. You naturally limit your calories because you cut out most of your yeah. options. Yeah. Now, What ends up happening Uh is your energy balance equation like equals out. You find foods all of a sudden that I can eat more of, fill that niche. Those foods just so happen to be more calorically dense than other foods. And now you're overeating, and guess what? This diet that you lost weight on, you're now not losing weight on, or you're gaining weight. Yeah. And that's what happens.
1: I had a client a couple of years ago and she was a paleo eater, which great. Like, I think that that's great if that's what you want to do. Right. But she kept saying things like I ate paleo puffs and paleo brownies. And what happened in the food marketing was everybody just slapped paleo on it. If it was grain free and they started creating all of these highly processed paleo foods and i told her i was like if you're putting paleo in front of that food like it's it's a treat cuz you would never say like paleo broccoli
0: same thing with like keto cups and <laughs> yeah, keto this that's, keto that's the everything. new thing you don't see paleo anymore it's now keto everything yeah you know like this is this is can i say an f word sure this is fucking funny okay <laughs> because i listen to all these sports podcasts and right now believe it or not Built bars are being advertised across at like half the podcasts that I listen to. We were selling them before, so mm-hmm. just let you know, we were on the train before everyone else. <laughs> and one of the things they like their advertising slogan in these things is built bars are keto friendly.
1: Mm. Okay.
0: There's 17 carbs in two and a half grams of fat. That is not keto friendly.
1: I mean, if that's all the carbs you have. Yeah, if that's
0: the only carbs you have. (laughs) So you eat this built Bar and then just eat sticks of butter and maybe some turkey, you'll be okay. Yeah.
1: So the paleo diet is affecting the energy balance equation by removing options and removing highly processed, hyper palatable foods that you can just eat a lot of, right? The ketogenic diet is affecting energy balance by increasing fat, yes, but highly restricting carbs. It affects energy balance. If you are doing the keto diet without tracking your macronutrients, you're not doing it right.
0: (laughs) Yeah, 100% correct.
1: Yeah. Uh, Intermittent fasting that affects the energy balance equation because you are shortening the window window of time that you are eating so you are by default limiting the calories that you are eating every day day to day so you are naturally being put into a caloric deficit by doing that the problem that i see with a lot of these approaches again i am nutrition agnostic right i don't believe that one size fits all Uh, but when you cut out food groups, when you put so much emphasis on good foods versus bad foods and compliant foods versus not compliant foods, it creates emotional responses to food that is not beneficial to your psychology. Yes. So if you are like, oh my gosh, this food is bad and you're human, so you eat some of it, you are going to feel terrible from a guilt perspective. And a lot of times if people can't think on a spectrum, they think, oh, well, I've messed up. So the rest of my day is shot. This diet is shot. I'm just like, it's going to be a free for all tomorrow. And that's what I kept seeing with these paleo challenges that we put on. People would come off of them and it'd just be like, they gain all the
0: weight back, they yeah, would, within days. They
1: would go immediately back to the foods that they were so tired of restricting themselves yeah. on.
0: Is is a Snickers bad or good?
1: A Snickers? Yeah,
0: a Snickers bar. It's,
1: it's on a spectrum.
0: Right, I mean, but it, it's just calories, right? Like, you can have a Snickers, you just have to account for it, right?
1: Yeah, so and that's where the flexible dieting approach comes in and why a lot of people feel find that it's so freeing. Say what you're gonna say. Yeah, well,
0: I was gonna say, and this is one of the reasons we always, if you hear Emily and I talk or any of the stack coaches, we always tell everyone, please divorce nutrition from fitness, mm-hmm. okay? Um, nutrition is for weight loss. Fitness is for function. And wellness. And wellness, but it is so that you can, you know, be functioning at a fully operating capacity when you were 80, when you were 90, when you were 100. Mm-hmm. And that number might go, higher the the further we advance in medicine. Um, But it is not for weight loss. The problem when you marry the two things together and then also have restriction in the types of food you eat is you eat that Snickers bar and you say, oh man, this was 200 calories, 200 calories of a bad food. I need to go run 30 minutes to burn off the Snickers. So you are inherently punishing yourself for eating a food that you were restricting yourself from rather than just saying, okay, I'm just gonna fit this 200 calories into my energy expenditure for the day and work around it and enjoy the shit out of this snickers bar
1: i just got off the phone with abby she is graduating from the program she's been with me for almost a year and she feels like she has learned so much and come so far that she can do this on her own now and we talked about a big turning point in her journey so for those of you who don't know abby is in college okay and for any college student like nutrition was not on my radar at all when i was in college right And so I've been so impressed with just her dedication alone, but something that happened in Abby's journey that was a turning point was she realized she came to me and she was like, I'm feeling really just like isolated. Like when my friends are going out, I feel like I can't go with them because I can't enjoy the foods that they're enjoying. I'm like, Abby, where do you want to go? And she said, I really want to go to Chick-fil-A with them. I was like, cool, let's plug Chick-fil-A into your macros in advance and see what you have left. Like, it's not about not having the Chick-fil-A. It's about accounting for it and making some trade-offs.
0: Yeah. Do...
1: And from an emotional standpoint and a fitting-in standpoint, that suddenly becomes something way more sustainable than just saying, no, 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 all the time. I am going to feel guilty if I eat that.
0: I'm going to say something rather controversial. Okay. It's not controversial if you read the right stuff, but. (laughs) Let's go. Based on science, do foods cause disease? Do foods cause disease? Inherently.
1: Amounts of foods. Amounts of foods. Not inherently.
0: Foods do not cause disease. Inflammation causes disease. Yes. Okay. Foods do not cause disease. Inflammation causes disease. What causes inflammation? Too much of certain foods or certain caloric over overages. Yeah. Right. Surpluses. Surpluses. Okay. I want to repeat that. Okay. Foods do not cause disease. Inflammation does. Mm-hmm. Equate that to sugar does not inherently cause diabetes. I'm going to repeat that (laughs) because this is 100% fact. Any doctor listening out there, I'll put my science up against yours. (laughs) Okay. Sugar does not cause diabetes. All right. We have an example in stacked that will show you. Okay. My mom based off of information from me from years was eating more paleo and then she was eating keto. Mm -hmm. Okay. And staying away from things like bread and sugar and stuff like that because she is a diabetic. My mom starts stacked coaching and this is the evolution of our program. And she is eating more bread than she's ever <laughs> eaten before. Okay. Uh, she is eating more carbs than she's ever eaten before. She's enjoying desserts. And what's happening?
1: She is losing weight and her biomarkers are getting better.
0: Basically her doctor, cannot reduce her insulin for her diabetes fast enough because (laughs) she is losing weight too fast for her doctor's appointment.
1: Yep, yep.
0: And she is eating more sugar now than before.
1: Can we talk about your Instagram story two nights ago? When you needed to eat a bunch of carbs? (laughs) (laughs) You go ahead. What did you eat?
0: Well, I had... uh,
1: What is your carb target, first of all? My carb
0: target that day was 400 carbs, Yeah. okay? So I ate I, at the end of the night and I had to coach four classes that day and I had three, three like zoom calls. So it was not a great day to be eating 400 carbs yeah. because <laughs> believe it or not, like you need time
1: It's like a to job eat. To yeah. Eat.
0: And you need like even more so preparation. And I just coming off a of Wadi Graw I did not have enough prep time. I brought like three meals to work with me that day, and I still did not have enough time, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, So I got post-dinner, which was a carb-heavy meal, I still had 118 grams of carbs. You might feel easy, Mm -hmm. okay? Which normally I would say, yeah, I can do that in a sitting, no big deal, except that I only had nine grams of protein and I only had 13 grams of fat left. Mm -hmm. So what do I do? Sugar, sugar, Mm -hmm. sugar, sugar, sugar. So I took, in a bowl, (laughs) two scoops of ice cream. Well, non-dairy ice cream, because my fat had to be low. Mm -hmm. Um, I put in like one and a half bananas. Uh, I melted five marshmallows in a bowl (laughs) and whisked that in. And then I put a bunch of chocolate chips in there. And I ate that whole thing. And I ate about-
1: (laughs) And you're shredded.
0: I ate about 60-70, maybe 80 carbs in that setting because at the end of eating that entire thing, I had to make two more pieces of toast that I then put some cream cheese and jelly <coughs> on, okay? At the end of the night though, I'm laying I hit my targets at the end of the night. I was hurting. <laughs> like I didn't want Emily to touch me. <laughs> my stomach was killing me. Like it hurt. Mhm. And that's because of like the type of calories it was. Mm -hmm. So like, would it happen the next morning? I actually lost a pound the next morning (laughs) and I looked shredded as hell, okay? So I was not inflamed in any sense, but my body did not react that well to the sugar.
1: Yeah, which brings me to another point. I I believe that Elimination diets can be good. Like they are
0: for, for some people. There, need it. there, some people need it.
1: There are bad foods for some people. Some people do react poorly to some foods, and I think doing like a power foods list for four weeks uh, is a good idea for a lot of people that have never done anything with exp- uh, elimination diets. Uh, so. Look, that's a kind of a caveat in what we're saying. There are some foods that don't react well yeah. to some people's physiology. There,
0: 70% of the population have lactose intolerance. Mm-hmm. That's a fact, okay? So seven out of the 10 people watching this podcast have some type of dairy intolerance, even if you don't know it, okay? So it could be quantities of dairy, Yeah. or the volume you eat in a day, could be certain types of dairy, it there's levels to it. Okay. Uh,
1: but that does not make dairy bad. inherently bad, right?
0: <laughs> Bread is not bad. Gluten is not bad. Quit with this gluten free shit. Now, does that mean unless not, you
1: have celiac? Unless you have celiac. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, and, and some people, it's not a gluten intolerance. It's a gluten sensitivity. So my uh, client Heidi, um, she's done amazing in the program. Uh, she's lost a ton of weight. And she has a wider range of foods, but she found out along the way that she just does not react well to gluten. Well, guess what? Her husband, me, you, we eat a ton of bread and a ton of bagels. She can't, yep. you know, have other clients that, you know, have other sensitivities to caffeine or coffee or whatever. And it's, it's about finding out and experimenting what works for you. But that doesn't mean food, any food is inherently bad. Just like, and I'm gonna, Found this out today. <laughs> okay. High fructose syrup, high fructose corn syrup in certain dosages is just fine. Yeah. Well, in any dosage, as long as so it fits is in your
1: artificial sweetener. Artificial sweetener. And if <laughs> you again watch the headlines, watch the Instagram influencers, you will probably think that these things are inherently bad. But if you look at the literature and the science and the PubMed studies, right. It's. It's hard to connect those dots uh, because they're not there. Uh, so I just want to, yeah, reiterate: no good foods, no bad foods. Things are on a spectrum. Get curious about what works well with your body. But I also want to talk about how eating whole, unprocessed foods can sometimes end badly. Yeah, I'll okay. Talk about that. So. When we're talking about energy requirements and energy needs and controlling the energy balance equation, everybody is different, right? Which is why when you're moving on to phase two, we do not just slap targets together and say, do this. We ask you, eat to comfort, just track, let's see what you're doing. And then we can see preferences. Does this person prefer to eat higher fat or higher carb or whatever it is, and then we can slowly adjust from there. But if you are an athlete, let's say, that has a really high energy expenditure and you need to eat a lot of calories for that energy balance equation to go in the direction that you want, if you're trying to eat like 4,000 calories on whole minimally processed foods, you're going to be hurting because you're going to have so much fiber in your body. You won't that be able to poo. It's not going to feel good. Like, eat some you might bread, have mineral eat some and cereal. vitamin
0: toxicity. There's yeah. all kinds of issues that could be wrong. Uh,
1: I remember the first time I was trying to hit 210 grams of carbs and trying to do it all on fruits and vegetables and like rice because that was what good food was. My coach was like, oh, yeah, you're going to have a really hard time with that.
0: Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean I want to talk about this so people are probably listening and they're like I don't understand like I ate a highly processed diet before and I gained weight or I, I, I you know my body wasn't where I wanted it to be well you did not know what your caloric balance was right okay you didn't know what maintenance was for you so there's a difference between knowing the proper amount of calories which is why we like to say track yeah. Okay. Weigh and track. Everyone should do it at some point. Um, and, and not knowing, right? Cause it's real easy to overeat when you don't know how many calories are in something and it is highly palatable. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. can you have a cupcake? Sure. That cupcakes probably 500 calories. So you need to figure out the rest of the day. But if you have a cupcake and you also eat a chicken biscuit that day and then a hamburger later, and whatever else and some it's french probably fries. probably not gonna like work out just, very well for well, you. Yeah, it's not gonna work out well for you. Um, so, point is, is like we also teach you about simple foods in phase one and all these habits because guess what happens when you can't track? The easiest way to stay below below your maintenance level or at your maintenance level is to eat simple foods unprocessed foods because they will
1: fill you up yes
0: yeah (laughs) so there is a like a measuring stick and it and you know or like a slider and you slide going a certain direction when you know the exact amount of food you eat and when you don't know we'll slide it back to rely on lean meats leafy greens, you know, maybe stick to limited amounts of starchy carbs, you mm-hmm. know, watch your alcohol intake, those types of things.
1: Yep. You want to talk about the Twinkie Diet Professor? Yeah, you go ahead. You go ahead. No, I want you to talk. Uh, Dr. Mark. What's his last name? Haub, I think uh, is notoriously known as the Twinkie Diet Professor. Uh, and he challenged his students that he could lose weight eating Twinkies and I think a protein, adequate protein, Twinkies, and a multivitamin. Is that right? Yeah,
0: but his, his, his uh, protein intake was like beef jerky and hob, hob, hob. H-U-B. Yeah. Um, was like beef jerky and whole milk. And he did it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He challenged his students, and they didn't think he'd be able to do it, and he did it. Uh, there he lost is, 27
0: pounds, something like that. There's
1: also another guy that lost weight eating McDonald's every day in – in and out right Uh, so the point is calories is what ultimately helps you lose weight it's being in a caloric I want to throw this
0: out there though for people that are wondering the the Twinkie diet the professor who did this um, he had his biomarkers and blood work done every week and the doctors were baffled about how good it looked yeah it's because he wasn't inflamed
1: because he was losing weight was and losing at weight. the end of the day, that weight loss is going to help your biomarkers improve way more than cutting out saturated fat or cutting out sugar. I- this yeah.
0: Like we have a body scanner and we don't take that, you know, we don't use it regularly in the program. Uh, but people get body scans from time to time and you will see people come in here that are whole 30 keto paleo like advocates. And their visceral fat levels are at 10 or above. And then there's people like me who eats jelly and ice cream cones every night. And, and this has
1: a caveat, like Bradley works out. Like Bradley has a lot of muscle.
0: I, I'm religious about how I track.
1: Yeah. Everything and you're religious counted. about how you track.
0: Um, My visceral fat level is a one. A one. Mm-hmm. So my internal health is healthier than most of those people who are eating paleo, keto, whatever,
1: even with the marshmallows,
0: even with the marshmallows. <laughs> I got to figure out a better thing for that. <laughs> That's tomorrow.
1: Good. I feel like we stepped on our soapbox. Is it time to step off? Yeah, it is. It <laughs> is. <laughs> all right. Let us know if you have any questions at all about anything. Oh, Jana about wants today. to know
0: white rice versus brown rice. The answer is which one do you like better?
1: Yeah, and people ask me questions like that all the time. What protein supplement do you recommend? One that you like, one that you'll drink, yeah. one that helps you get to your protein target. Do, I mean, I think that it's valuable to get your protein from mostly whole foods. I'm not saying that vitamins and minerals and whole foods are not important. No, they are important. They are Micronutrients important. Micronutrients
0: are very important.
1: Right, um, but at like macronutrients, are the most important thing, and then the micronutrients are the next most important. Yeah. Thing.
0: So, like if you're struggling to get your protein and you're wondering, well, I don't want to take this protein because it's highly processed versus this protein, r- wrong. Okay. The goal is to get the protein in. That is more important for you. Yeah. Okay. So, all right, y'all.
1: <laughs> cool. Peace.
0: Peace.